0: Welcome to Guild Wars, a podcast dedicated to unearthing the deep lore of Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2. I'm Joe Newstel, and between myself and my co-host, we have over 20 years of experience with the Guild Wars franchise, and still manage to know very little. So, without further ado, here he is: Melandrew's dirty boy and Tyria's sweetheart, Tony Melchor. Tony, how you doing today, bud? Hello.
1: I'm doing good. Doing pretty good. How about yourself?
0: Doing, doing fairly well, got to hang out with the kiddos all day, mm-hmm. and uh, we, had a, we had a swell day. Nerf War. Uh, now, yep, Nerf War. Nerf War with Tony <laughs> Um And then I get to record this podcast, so I don't know how it could get any better than it already is. True. So, here we are. Tell us a little bit. What have you done in game? What, what are your uh, accomplishments this week?
1: This week? Uh, I haven't done much, to be honest.
0: nice um classic i've been
1: uh oh i got my map currencies for my pve legendary done so i can get i think they're called gift of the packs um so i got verdant brink map done uh auric basin tangled depths i just need some more metas for the chalk eggs and then i'm i think i'm good and create like most of most of my legendary or well having most of my stuff gathered for the legendary i'm slowly making process Sounds good, my man.
0: My skimmer goes underwater now. (laughs) That's so cool. Over the week, I placed in. I did my PvP placements amid a gang of latency issues.
1: Oh yeah, unfortunate. Uh,
0: We did a little raid training with our with the Guildlores Guild. uh, Lore, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was pretty fun. And what else? I, I guess I've just been growing my beard out. Yeah, same, same, same. You've been inspired too, I see. I've been inspired by many of the characters that I read about while preparing for this show. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Legend of the Dwarves of Tyria.
1: The dwarves!
0: Are you ready to get to it, my man? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's dig up some lore. The Dwarves of Tyria. They don't really stray too far from the path of your stereotypical fantasy dwarves. At least at their introduction into the game. Mm. In classic ArenaNet fashion... They give them their own unique little twist by the end of Guild Wars Eye of the North. Uh, but for starters, they're bearded, short, tough. Their pastimes consist of consuming ale, mining, and forging. Classic dwarf. Yep. <laughs> uh, they're an ancient race. They played a significant role in shaping the subterranean landscapes of Tyria. Uh, as neighbors of the Asura and the Skrit, they spent untold centuries colonizing the Shiver Peaks from as far north as Grothmar and Drizzlewood to as far south as the Steam Spur Bay just east of the Sea of Sorrows. Oh, okay. Most of dwarf society followed their very own patron deity, the Great Dwarf. It's believed that the Great Dwarf was a mighty being who crafted the dwarves atop Anvil Rock, a mountain in the shape of, well, what do you think?
1: I'm assuming the Great Dwarf Daddy. Uh, anvil rock shaped like an... Mm, definitely not an anvil. No. Um,
0: definitely not a dwarf. Tony, I'm sorry. Is it a cat? It's an anvil. <gasps> I know. Who could have guessed? Who could have guessed the anvil rock? Mm, my surprise. So it was a top anvil rock that the <laughs> great dwarf forged the dwarves. He went on to use the anvil of Dragramar to forge the dwarves' weapons and shields with the strength of body and will okay. of the dwarven race. The storied nemesis of the Great Dwarf is the Great Destroyer. They finally clash, and the Great Dwarf stole the name of their foe. And that's some real, uh, that's some real Patrick Rothfuss stuff right yeah, there.
1: Yeah, stole their name. Stole also, their name. it makes sense now why the dwarves are so tough. You know, being hammered into existence. That's right. <laughs> I didn't even think of it like that. But you would have to be pretty tough to be uh, created by the hammer of a god. Mm-hmm. And it just goes so well. They, you know, they're made. They're hammered. So they like <laughs> they like drinking their ale as well.
0: Trial by hammer. Yep. Nope. <laughs> well, I'll pocket that one for later. Um. Yeah, and he seals the name of their foe, the true name of the foe, in the Tome of Rubicon.
1: Ah, the Tome of Rubik's Cube, yes. The Tome of Rubik's Cube. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Now, if this is true, that would place his battle with the Great Destroyer, who's a lieutenant for the Elder Dragon Primordus, at a minimum of 10,000 years ago, uh, during the last Dragon Awakening, which is my best... Guess at placing an actual timeline on the creation of the dwarves. Uh, they have, uh, suffice to say, that they've been around a long time. Yeah, that's, wow. Uh, in comparison to a lot of the other races of Tyria, they go back. They go back a ways, indeed. But after this first big brawl with the Great Destroyer, uh, the Great Dwarf pulls a hipster flex, and... <laughs> he dabs. He's, he's the fir- <laughs> He's the first <laughs> deity to abandon the world. Oh, really? Paving the way for all of those poser human gods.
1: Oh, he was the first. What a hipster.
0: 10,000 years before everybody else.
1: Oh, man. Uh,
0: So, yeah, he nopes the hell out of there, and he goes to the Mists. More specifically, to the Great Forge. A lot of stuff is great in this episode. We've Mm. got great destroyers, dwarves, uh, a forge that's really great. I don't know, man. This all sounds pretty great. Yeah, it's great. Some great lore. (laughs) The forge is located inside the rift. At the very center of the Mists. Uh And all who travel the universe, the multiverse, whatever the Mists is, uh, must pass through there. And the Rift is also home to the Hall of Heroes. Oh, okay. Sweet. In Dwarf Society, some hold on to a prophecy that the Great Dwarf will return once more to do battle with the Great Destroyer, but... It's been thousands upon thousands of years, and most dwarves just kind of think it's a story.
1: What if he's just taking a vacation, like gathering up his strength, and then the great dwarf daddy comes back? I mean, what is a thousand
0: thousand years to a cosmic deity?
1: Yeah, right? Just a nap? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Daydreaming?
0: I guess it depends on the cosmic deity. I suppose so, yeah. So these dang dwarves, post-GDE, that's great dwarf exodus. That's not a real thing. In good old Tyrian fashion, they don't write down anything about the early events of their culture. Instead, they leave their legacies in stone, carving out grand forges and mines. Uh, The most renowned being Sorrow's Furnace and the city Drockner's Forge. Mm. Maybe not the most renowned, but among among the most revered uh, monuments to the dwarves, I suppose. Yeah. At some unspecified time along the way, the dwarves develop a monarchical system, and they began calling themselves the Deldramor. Their army was among the strongest in Tyria. They controlled a longitudinal portion of the map, ranging from that Sea of Sorrows up to the Farshaver Peaks in the north.
1: That's a good stretch.
0: Yeah, that's a very big dominion as far as Tyrian uh, kingdoms go.
1: That's crazy.
0: Uh, so, like, essentially, if you're going from Ascalon, if you're going horizontally across the map, uh, you need to pass through Deldramor turf. Ascalon to Kryda.
1: Mm-hmm. Kryda to Ascalon. <laughs> <laughs> Want to buy a run from Ascalon to Lion's Ark? That's right. A lot of people ran through this Deldramor turf. <laughs> uh, me being a runner myself at some point.
0: But luckily, the Deldromore were peaceful. Uh, peaceful, that is, to anyone who is a friend of the dwarves. Of course. Of course, of course. I mean, they're not going to be... They're dwarves. They're not going to be friends with you if you're a jerk. Obviously. Come on. They have their pride. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, they knew they had their own god, but respected the other races' right to practice their own faiths. Very tolerant of them. Yeah. Unluckily, all this is all this changed when the cousin of the Delgermore King Jallus Ironhammer, as seen in Guild Wars 1 created his own faction. His name was Dagnar Stonepate, and his abominable guild was the Stone Summit. They were xenophobic, cruel slavers, and they settled for nothing less than to have their leader reign over all of Tyria. Basically, they were just awful. The Stone Summit dwarves are the worst. They were not great. They weren't great at all. You're not great, and they knew it. Big meanies. And they were mad. Actually, they thought they were really great. And the price of failure among their ranks was death. And unfortunately, it got them some pretty good results. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you fail, you're dying. So you might as well fight to the death. That's some crazy mentality. Some cultist mentality. So with that mentality, they overtook the Sacred Forge of Sorrow's Furnace and levied an assault on the Dwarf Capital City, the Delgremore Capital City of Thunderhead Keep. They also controlled much of the northern Shiver Peaks, namely the crossing from Ascalon to Crida. It was Stonepate himself, actually, who swung the axe that slew the heir to the Ascalonian throne, Prince Rurik.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Riding atop his ice drake as he... Yeah.
1: Yeah, R.A.P. Rurik.
0: Sorry, Rurik. That was, uh... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He was annoying, but, you know... Feels bad, man. Feels bad. It would have been cool if he... Uh, didn't die to these total assholes. Mm-hmm. So, the heroes of Ascalon aligned with the Deldromore to serve up an ass-kicking for these dwarves, and they stopped the stone, stone Summit from taking Thunderhead Keep and kill a dozen or so of their leaders in Sorrow's Furnace. If you recall all of the bosses down there. Oh, uh, it's been a while. There was a whole heap of them. Oh, I bet they get cleaned out. So the Stone Summit in Sorrow's Furnace uncovered a very special buried treasure: the Tome of the Great Dwarf. You remember that thing he had created when he battled the the Great Destroyer,
1: Tony? What was it called? The 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 um Prince Rurik cube. <laughs> the cube of Prince Rurik.
0: The, right. Yeah. The Tome of Rubicon. Uh, the... <laughs> they wished to harness the power of the Great Destroyer for well. Themselves, obviously. <laughs> yeah, evil. <laughs> the heroes, alongside High Priest Alucard, took it from them. Do you remember anything else that Alucard did for us?
1: Mm-mm.
0: He gave us that sweet alchemical acid, the dwarf skill that does insane amounts of damage to the destroyers. The light was it. The light of deldrimor Same, same group of skills. It was a deldrimor skill, but it was uh-huh. called Alucard's alchemical acid.
1: Oh no, I don't remember that one.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. Good one to have if you were doing. Uh, Some destroyer core farming?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, on with the tale. With the stone summit routed, the Delgremore, back on top, it was was happily ever after, right? Sure. Yeah, for just a few years. (laughs) But in 1078 A.E., the destroyers began to emerge from the depths of Tyria, and the ancient prophecy was put into motion.
1: The ancient prophecy.
0: You know, that one that everyone forgot about? It's been thousands of years. That'll never happen. Well, it's happening.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. So King Iron Ironhammer sends our old buddy Ogden Stonehealer out as a liaison to the other races. Oh, Ogden. He gathers up some humans, some Asurans, some Norn, and he rallies them to fight alongside the Deldramar against the mighty Great Destroyer. And this really is the A-team. I mean, we have Jorah, the slayer of Big Daddy Spawner. (laughs) <laughs> we have Vek, the slayer of my player character's self-confidence. <laughs> uh, and, of course, the hero of Ascalon, who by this point has corrected the course of Tyria many, many times. I mean, they almost became a god until Cormier swooped it.
1: Oh. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: That was pretty presumptuous, but that's a tale for another time. So, uh, this dream team gets the Hammer of the Great Dwarf. And old Iron Hammer rings the bell, old King Jalous, ring rings a bell, and all the dwarves turn to stone.
1: Oh yeah. The They're stone con- dwarves.
0: Yep. They're hammered at first and then they get stoned.
1: Then they get stoned. Oh man. So they have Is a big this a old... cautionary tale <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for your kids.
0: You gotta watch out. You might erode. <laughs> oh no. They get connected under the power of the great dwarf. Uh, In their great unburnable state, they greatly kick some great destroyer great butt. Great? (laughs) Great. Not great. Only a slim fraction of the stone dwarves return from this battle. Oh no. They are victorious, but it's bad news for the world. Um, You can't uncarve stone, and the stone summit rally in the wake of the destroyer escapades. They exalt a dwarven mystic known as Duncan the Black. And he's hanging out in Slaver's Exile to the west of the Shiver Peaks.
1: Slaver's Exile. Duncan? Duncan.
0: I like it. And one of his slaves manages to get out a message that he's attempting to harness the newly released soul of the Great Destroyer. So once again, our buddy Alcar, who's just really got it out for these stone Summit, <laughs> Alkar, after thwarting them in Sorrow's Furnace, comes to us again for help. Naturally, the band of <laughs> heroes finds him and saves the day. Slaver's Exile was the only elite dungeon in um, Guild Wars Eye of the North. Mm-hmm. And the Phant chest at the end, fun fact, was home of the much sought after Voltaic Spear. I
1: never got around to doing it because I wasn't good enough at that point.
0: Well, we might just have to find a group and do it uh, if we do really sink our teeth into Guild Wars 1 again.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Voltaic Spears, big farm. Everyone, everyone was doing Slaver's Exile.
0: It was very, very popular, and uh, a prominent point at like the, uh, in dwarf history, I suppose, where they really put an end to the Stone Summit and all of their evil nonsense. Nice. Because after this, it's pretty clear that the Stone Summit disbands, and They're over defeated. the next 50 years or so, all the remaining dwarves... Uh, Got an internal calling, similar to the Silvari and their wild hunt, but their calling prompted them to undertake the Ride of the Great Dwarf and turn themselves to stone.
1: Oh, dang. Okay.
0: That's that's quite the calling. So, after they all get stoned, the remaining (laughs) dwarves, they kind of scatter to the wind. They either get broken over the next few hundred years, erode, or just kind of go into hiding. There are a few here and there, but for the most part, the heart of the forge has grown cold, and the time for this ancient race has passed. Dang. They just disappear. They fade into time.
1: That's crazy. I'm over here still waiting for the great dwarf daddy.
0: Just keep waiting.
1: Just keep waiting.
0: All right. Do
1: you have any final
0: thoughts? What did you think of our tale today, Tony?
1: Um anet why weren't they a playable race like i get it i get it and the lore is like finite right they disappear but man it'd be so cool to play a dwarf uh i've
0: often wondered why they aren't more prominent in the story now Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: after taking the time and doing the work and looking back over the old lore that i had forgotten and like really refreshing and filling in the blanks like i really love their story the Dwarf Story? Yeah, it's really really great.
1: It yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the only word I can use to describe it. <laughs> it's really capital great. G underlined great.
1: Yeah, that's very good lore.
0: I thought so too. So, my friend, Mhm. Would you like to throw any new players out there a newbie snack?
1: Oh, yes. Uh this week we're going to talk about Guild Wars 2 efficiency. And it is Guild Wars II, GW, 2, GW2. Efficiency.com. You can throw in your API. You can you can log in. It's all free. Throw in your API, which is secure from your Guild Wars Two account on the Guild Wars website. Uh, hook it up, and then you can track like your your daily stuff. You can track your account, like how much it's worth. It's very very specific. Um, one big thing me and Joe use it for is uh, say you want to craft a legendary, like I don't know the Sunrise. It gives you, like, an estimated, what's the word, expenditure?
0: Basically, what you can do is you can type in an item into the crafting calculator. Mm-hmm. And then it will tell you what you have in your, your bank, in your inventory, and what you need to get. And then it'll show you what's cheaper, crafting the items, uh, buying them on the trade post. And then once you've acquired everything, it has a step-by-step guide on how to craft said thing you want. That's so nice. Very nice. For a new player with uh, trying to fill out their material storage, um, they have these gathering paths. Oh, yeah. They'll lead you to pretty much any rich node or farm or whatever in the game, and you can go one at a time and sort of check them off and mark them as completed. Uh, I used to do it quite a bit. I don't do it too much anymore unless I'm really hurting for something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guild Wars 2 Efficiency.
0: It kind of lumps in all of the timers for events, has trade post options that I think there are a few better options out there. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out and see what it can do for you because it can do a whole lot of very helpful things.
1: Oh yes, definitely.
0: Definitely worth checking it out. GW2 efficiency. Efficiency. Awesome. We mm-hmm. are on Twitter at yep. Lores Guild. We're on Instagram at Guild Podcast. And we have an email. Guild at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. The G and Gmail sta- stands for great.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Great.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> D D fans can check out my content on the Foreign Fables Instagram and Twitch. We may be streaming some Guild Wars uh Guild Wars factions here in a few weeks. So check it out. Follow us. We'll be on there. hmm In game you can get in touch with Tony at dot six one eight zero or myself at TrogdorMama dot four nine zero three We have a community. Our guild's name is we do not uh we do not know our it's we, we don't know our lord We do
1: not know the name of our we guild We do not know our guild. <laughs> we don't know anything actually. As a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. we don't so so don't add us (laughs) i think
0: next week i'm going to try to have a special something special on on our podcast uh i met a guy who makes music uh his music is inspired in part by guild wars and it's very good i just need to get my hands on that mp3 Mm -hmm. and i will put it up for you hopefully next week you guys could check it out I'll drop the name for you guys right now. It's Anger Buddy. You can find him on SoundCloud, and the music is amazing. Check it out. There are people out there who are uh, content creators who, you know, aren't streaming or aren't podcasting, and it's really cool to see how much people love this game. I absolutely love the fact that somebody is out there making music inspired by By Guild Guild Wars. Wars. Yeah, that's pretty dope. So... Keep an eye out. Uh, you can check that out now, and you know what? Maybe next week we'll we'll have some music on the show for you. And with that, I think it's time to say thank you, thank, thank you, you, listeners, everyone. thank you, Tony, thank you, Joe, thank. No, no, <laughs> thank you, Tony. You know what?
1: I greatly thank you. This has been great. All right, this has been really
0: great. We will see you in
1: Tyria, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening.